Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome back, Couch Potatoes and TV Junkies, to the TV Pilot Review Podcast Picked Up. I am your host, Rich Camalucci, joined at the table, across the table, trying to learn his goddamn chain of command. It's Rudy Mendoza. Hi there. Thanks for having me, Rich. I'm doing gay, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Um, so unpromptedly um yeah dude how you how you doing how you been great um you know i'm taking drum lessons at the old town school of folk music um drum kit too so i'm learning uh drumming that's an obsession that i uh, have right now okay um and uh doing improv stuff and producing our podcast our father yeah so uh rudy's uh joining the podcast uh uh this week to talk about the show that we watched um but before that um yeah i always like to ask a little question here uh what you watching dude uh it's a great question thank you for asking me this question uh <laughs> as i stall to answer your question uh i'm watching a lot of netflix nowadays um series or movies um a mix so i just finished watching 13th What's that? Uh, which is related to to the wire, which is what we're watching today. Uh, it's it's just related in terms of topics. So the thirteenth is okay. about uh, the thirteenth uh, amendment to the to the Constitution. Okay. Um, which basically was put into place uh, to basically you know continue a, a version of slavery uh, in terms of mass incarceration. Mm -hmm. So basically, if if someone breaks the law. They can be treated, you know, uh, like like a slave. So it's just a, a whole documentary about mass incarceration in the U.S. and how it's how it's sort of uh, mm. come to prominence since since the '80s, and we got like three million people in jail. It's it's a real yeah. uplifting story of you know, hum, the human race, the human condition, and, yeah, yeah, so on, yeah. <laughs> but just just a um, very topical uh, thing to to cover right now. Yeah, especially like you also. If you're ever convicted of any crime, yeah, like you can't, you can't vote, you can't vote. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, uh, I, I don't have the statistics off the top of my head, but uh, African Americans uh, are, you know, at least forty percent of the folks in jail, despite yeah. being a very low percentage of the of the population. Thirteen percent, I think, of the actual population. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all fucked up. This is actually coming out the day after election day. Um, <laughs> have you voted already? No. No? But I will. You're going to vote on election day? Uh, I'm going to try to vote tomorrow, but okay. if not, I'll vote on on yeah. election day. Uh, yeah, I voted uh, the, the like the first week of early voting mm -hmm. up here in Illinois. Um, it was breezy, in and out. Nice. Like, bring up a little sheet, know who you're going to vote for, mm -hmm. um, so that way you're not like on your phone at the poll, like trying to like read a PDF yeah. on your screen. It's like, <laughs> Oh, who are the good judges? <laughs> uh, so just be prepared. Um, but yeah, do, do you know who you're going to vote for? Oh, well, yeah, definitely Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Tammy Duckworth, um, who our friend Dan Hardcastle is campaigning yes. for yes. while he's in Illinois temporarily. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the rest of the folks, I'm just going to go D down the ballot, you know, if they Give got that D, fat D. you know, hey, uh, Susanna Mendoza, who's uh, running as the comptroller for uh, for Illinois. Any relation? Nope. 
Just, just, just happen to have sticking by your Mendozas. Anyone who's got the last name Mendoza, I'll vote for them or you know do whatever I need to push them along in life. <laughs> that's that's very altruistic of you <laughs> for the Mendoza line. That's right. There's the Mendoza yeah, line. Not enough of us. So, what about you? What are you watching? Man, I'm watching all of it. I'm still watching Westworld. Uh, Walking Dead came back. Do you ever get into Walking Dead? Yes, at all? but I, I only watch it when it's on Netflix and okay, it's still so on the whatever. You're usually a, a season behind. That's right. Well, all of season six should be up by now because I, they just recently started season season seven. Okay. Well, I yeah. had just checked like last week and it was still on season five. I think that's but, weird. Yeah. Um, um. Um. You know, it's been a while since I've watched a Walking Dead episode, but. Um, the general feeling I have about the series is that they're they're really stretching it. Is that I mean, like just stretching, just they could they'll go on for twenty seasons if they. You oh know, if they God, could. yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. a money making. You know, um, thing. I don't think that's. I mean, yeah, it's still it's one of the only things on cable that actually can like pull ratings. That isn't a sporting right, event, right? Or an award show, or a debate that isn't live. It's the only thing that can pull ratings anymore. So, yeah, they're going to fucking squeeze this for every last season that they can until they can't anymore. I mean, they're, they they spun it off already. The show's not even off the air already, and they spun it off. So, um, Is it the best show on AMC right now? It is uh, um, probably not. That would probably be uh, either Preacher or Halt and Catch Fire, both shows. I want to continue to watch Preacher. We did that on the, the show last season. And Halt and Catch Fire, I watched the first season, wasn't into it, and not a lot of people were. Mm-hmm. But apparently second and third seasons were fucking amazing. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, fucking too late. <laughs> I already fucking committed myself to all these other shows. <laughs> so, um, There's one show I've been watching on Netflix now that I've had my thoughts collected a little bit more. Yeah. Late night. There's a, a show called like Late Night Tokyo Diner, something like that on on Netflix. I, I should know the exact name, but that's yeah. But that's like close enough, but right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like essentially what the show is. Yeah. So it's exactly what the title is. Basically, it's like a fictional episode, fictional stories of like this late night diner that's open till like 24 hours a day. Basically, it's all in Japanese. It's not a cartoon. It's like live action. Single cam or multicam? Uh, I think it's multicam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like sitcom style, like, uh, like Seinfeld. Well, it's it's not necessarily comedic. It's it has comedic aspects to it, but right. it's also but like it's in, mostly a drama. In I'd presentation, say. it's like basically like a like a uh, a king of queens or like a. Well, there's no live audience, but right. yeah, but it's like a multicam. Like it doesn't really. Yeah, that's so interesting. So it's basically like a like a teleplay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first episode is no, the second episode. It's weird. It's it's about a stand up comedian, a Japanese stand up comedian. Okay, like uh, not one that's like you know globally famous. Which is like, also crazy to when like you realize that yeah, like oh yeah, other cultures, other not even <laughs> just cultures, but other countries. I gotta have stand-up comedians. Yep, yep. That you like, would. What the fuck is a Japanese stand-up comedian like? <laughs> like, is it? When did that get over there? When did that happen? <laughs> it was actually. It's actually about two stand-up comedians. It's one of them's like a mentor of the other one. Okay. Um, which is like an older one, and a younger one. The younger one's more famous than the older one. Um, and so like they like like the the younger one always gets stopped for autographs and like pictures, and the older one sort of like kind of awkwardly has to take the picture of his apprentice. 
and it's all about just their dynamic and how and, and the older guy's just like a shittier stubborn kind of like jealous dude this sounds like it's something on fx it's great it's, uh, but that's just, but the thing is also every the store the story is really the only continuous thing between episodes is it's at this diner so like the other episode isn't it's the whole episodes all the episodes aren't about this one particular story right so but they'll still like be in the background mm-hmm. or whatever yeah damn uh this seriously sounds like something that would be on like fx or something it's it's pretty good, but you got to be okay with subtitles because it's all sure. in Japanese. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, not trying to like pigeonhole FX talk or whatever. You don't watch Atlanta, do you? I haven't yet, but I heard it's great. It's fucking great. Um, they just wrapped up their first season, and it's just it's masterful. It's fucking beautiful. Um, like in, in more of a way that like some of the other shows that have been heaped praise lately. Like, did you watch Master of None? I watched Master of None. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Master of None was very good. Yeah. It was well very, shot. Yeah. But it, I don't, it, it was very straightforward, I feel, about like what it was trying to do and saying and all that. Mm-hmm. Whereas Atlanta is beautifully shot and so fucking layered. Like, you, you're going to study those. Like, there are going to be classes on Atlanta. Nice. It's wonderful. Like, I don't feel the need to rewatch any of Master of None. No. You know? But I will rewatch. I can name you episodes of Atlanta. I will rewatch right now. Oh, that's awesome. I'm yeah. excited to see it then. Um, and uh, to the other point of that Japanese diner show, uh, uh, that's what I was going to say. Cause it's like so weird when you actually like realize there are these other aspects in other countries, such mm-hmm. as stand up, com- stand up comedy. Yeah. That has to happen. It was maybe a month ago. It dawned on me that like other languages have to have puns, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's not just an English no, thing. No, yeah, yeah. Like what the fuck is like a Swahili pun? <laughs> like what the fuck's a, a, a Swedish pun? We it would totally go over our heads. If yeah, we heard it, yeah. <laughs> and like you wouldn't even be able to like contextualize it. Like yeah. it, it, it's impossible. The same way it, it's, it's impossible for our puns to be translated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it is such a, a fucking turn yeah. on the language. I remember like having that thought and just being like, fuck. <laughs> oh, we're all so disconnected. <laughs> we can't connect to each other. I've started, you mentioned the uh, documentary mm-hmm. um, about uh, disenfranchisement and, and all that. Um, I am through the first two parts of that documentary series that came out a few months ago at this point. OJ Made in America. Oh, crap. I've been meaning to see that. That's a CNN yeah. documentary? No, or? it was an ESPN documentary. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Five parts. Each are like an hour and a half long. Um, I'm through the first two, and it's fucking fascinating. It's good. It's amazing. Oh, wow. It does a great job of... of, uh, of like delving into OJ Simpson and his history and his fame and everything about that. And then at the other end of the spectrum, it does a great job of delving into uh, the civil rights movement and, and what it is and like the history, the history of, of like systemic racism in the LAPD. Mm -hmm. And, and then it blends the two together with like how, OJ Simpson was so much not related Mm -hmm. to being a part of like helping move civil rights along. Yeah. Um, And so it just takes these two things that are 
basically happening separately and then and then shows you how like those should have blended mm-hmm. but why OJ Simpson like did not yeah because he wasn't black he was OJ that's awesome as he yeah so yeah I I, I heard that, that that's it. like a thing about him is he doesn't really um not that he doesn't identify as black but yeah. he just value he's he values himself over exactly being uh, like his identity and in the second part in the second part like basically coat switching and they like talk a lot about like how he was with like businessmen mm-hmm. in white america at the country clubs mm-hmm. and how he was with like his buddies from back home yeah and like how you just majorly quote coat switch yeah um and and then it also starts getting into like his relationship with Nicole Simpson and, and mm-hmm. all that. Uh, Nicole Brown, as it were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really fucking good. <laughs> it's really good. Where are you watching it? Um, means and ways. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, what was it gonna? Uh, does this some, somewhat related? Is it's Los Angeles? Have you ever heard of the Bradley effect before? No. So it's this concept that uh, is relevant to this election. Okay. Uh, so uh, I forget the guy's first name, but there's a there's a guy who's running for mayor in L.A. with the last name Bradley. He was an African American guy. Mm-hmm. He was going to be the, he was like one of the first guys ever to run for mayor in L.A. that was African American, and the polls were showing that he was going to win, uh, but he lost to the the white you know guy who ran against him. Um, and so the Bradley effect is this this uh, phenomenon that's known that's like, you know, people don't want to admit that they're not going to vote for someone because they're uh, because of their race. But huh. when they're when they're alone in the voting booth and it's yeah. anonymous, they they will show their true colors, basically. Damn. Uh, and the idea is like, is the Bradley effect happening for Trump? Like, are people who are getting cold, pulled not like, are you going to vote for Trump? You're ashamed they, to say. Exactly. But when you go in the voting booth. Uh, you vote for Trump. Fuck. Um, so that's that's something that's being talked about, but I think for the most part, people are pretty shameless about their vote for for Trump. Yeah, you know, they're not they're not that shy about it. And I feel like anyone that would be ashamed enough to say that they are mm-hmm. to have that amount of self awareness, mm-hmm. you would have to. If you know that much about yourself, mm-hmm. you would have to know that much about him. <laughs> You know, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> hopefully, all of that cancels itself out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not so worried about it. I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure that Clinton's gonna. Clinton's gonna win. Yeah. So am I. Um, uh, Florida scares me. Um, which is it's it, it it sucks when it's on Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. again, like you know, we 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 could have been there to contribute in another <laughs> dimension. The places, uh, I I hate to put this out there, but the the places that are cool to live, man, it doesn't matter where your what your vote is, you know. Yeah, because <laughs> there's enough other cool people there. <laughs> cool people want to live in cool places. Shit people want to live in shit places. <laughs> we sound like such a-holes. No, but. yeah. Well, I mean, we are media elite, obviously. <laughs> Uh, you know, picked up home of the media elite <laughs> arcade audio. Um, uh, I mean, although like, te- you know, we, I feel like we could say it cause we do live in a flyover state. Yeah. Yeah. So, you so know, we it's kinda, fine. We are. Yeah. In the Midwest, but also like, no, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't live in Florida just to have my vote. Cause it doesn't even count that much. I mean, it does. It does count. Everybody's vote yeah. counts. Vote. Everyone should vote. <laughs> 
<laughs> Are you like all registered up here and everything? Mm-hmm. You don't have like you uh uh you couldn't have had oh because yeah you've been out of Florida for even for a longer. while five, yeah six years yeah. So the absentee thing you wouldn't even have been a thing right. Although today it doesn't even matter. Who knows? We could all be booking visas and 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 passports. For yeah, you know I'm voting ten times. Out of here. You know. You know, getting a bunch of dead people's ballots and voting hey, on them. Yeah, it's like the motto of Illinois: vote early, <laughs> vote often. I I was actually st- shocked because on the pr- during the primaries, I voted. I, I registered day of. I registered there. Yeah, within like ten minutes, and mm-hmm. then I got that's crazy. You yeah, know? It didn't happen everywhere. Should happen more places. Well, I, I'm so glad we're talking about such uplifting things. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's what happens when you bring me on, man. No, no, no. That's what happens when you <laughs> fucking watch a show like we watched. And, like, literally, it's it's election week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what the fuck else was going to happen? <laughs> were we going to talk about Kevin can wait for fucking 30 minutes? <laughs> which I still haven't watched, and I probably won't. Good. But Adam Sandler was on this week. So tell me that isn't tempting, Rudy. It's not. It's not tempting. You're right. <laughs> but still uh <laughs> is there something like you want to watch the other shows are just like fuck that looks good uh, we talked about atlanta that's that's one um this black mirror show people keep uh, talking about it's on yeah. netflix i'm gonna catch that one uh asap i don't have cable so yeah you know i have an antenna so i will i usually watch late night late night sh- talk shows are generally what i watch the most frequently but who yeah. do you think's been best this election season? You know, I, if last time I was on, I talked about Stephen Colbert, and I still love Stephen Colbert. I think he's amazing, and um, he, he's his show quality hasn't been uh, diminished any in any way. But Seth Meyers is really killing it. He's kind of been stepping up, right? He's been absolutely killing it. Um, uh, this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but PBS did a special called "The Choice" about the, about uh, Hillary and Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, that spans back like 30, 40 years up until now Damn. and just like puts their lives in parallel. And the opening, the reason I'm bringing this up is the opening of the whole thing is goes back to the White House Correspondents' Dinner that Seth Meyers was at. Um, mm. And it makes the argument that that White House Correspondents' Dinner set the, set like planted the seed for Trump to run for president <laughs> this go around as oh, a way God. to, yeah, as a way to sort of, uh, Tell everyone to go fuck off, basically, because he was so embarrassed and so like publicly ashamed by it. Oh, yeah, shit. Because like um, uh, Seth Meyers was like ruthless yeah. in that one, yeah. and then Obama was like ex- even like goes even even harder on him. So um, it's an interesting argument. I don't know if I buy it a hundred percent, but it's certainly tells a really awesome story. I think. Uh, would you vote Obama a third term? Yes. Right. One hundred percent. Right. Yeah. I mean. Like- God, <laughs> let's FDR this shit. Come yeah, on. seriously. Um, yeah, FDR had four terms, or he was elected four times. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's insane. That's pretty crazy. That would, could never happen right now. You know? No, I don't think it could. No, at least because uh, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> <laughs> but Obama is seriously, he's a fucking amazing president. I mean, like, I don't know if you saw the 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 recent um, uh, North Carolina speech he gave where there's a Trump. Uh, pro, uh, protester that's pro-Trump. I saw headlines about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, he handled it with such class. Yeah, like because so, he's the shit. He's so he's so classy, you know. And the the their family is so like perfect, you know. Um, and his responses are always so like, like I just picture myself. Not that I could ever be president, but if I, if I were, I would like not handle it half oh, as well. I as would melt would. down <laughs> ten minutes into anything. <laughs> I was talking with Spencer about this the other day, just about how 
Like, God forbid I was ever in a position to be, like, in a debate. Mm -hmm. Like, in the first five minutes, I would, I would, the quote would be, dog, (laughs) what are you talking about? Yeah, so many, so many times I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) I would curse on, I would have to curse. I mean, I don't know. Especially if it's, like, someone like, like, Trump, you're like, what the shit? What the, come on! <laughs> Which is essentially what happened at the, I'm sure, the Republican primaries to like some people. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, man, it's uh, would you vote? Grace. Would you yes. vote Obama? Yes, yeah. yes. Such grace, uh, like just all of it. He really man. threaded the needle too. Like to be the first black president, you had to be pretty. pretty he nailed it. You had to be pretty perfect. Yeah. to be the first black president. I was skeptical, honestly, mm-hmm. when I. I mean, I voted for him, but. Mm-hmm. I thought it was too soon, you know, for that to actually happen. Wow, you didn't think so? I thought it was. It was. I thought it was. Uh, it was. I thought it was time. Well, I wanted it to be time. Yeah, I just didn't think we had made that much progress. I thought I'm, we were ready, but I, I thought, think I think that that tells us more that you're more of an optimist and I'm more of a pessimist. I don't know if you. I mean, maybe I don't know. I also like grew up in basically a democratic household. Mm-hmm. Like I remember asking uh, my dad, like. It's such like a uh, a sitcom setup almost, it seemed, because like uh, my dad just tucked me into sleep and he's getting ready to close the door. I'm like, hey, dad. He's like, <laughs> what, son? What's the difference between Democrats and Republicans? <laughs> it had to be like 92 or something like that for, for that election. election. And my dad's um, uh, explanation, this is, how my, this is how American politics <laughs> was... Explained and described to to me. Uh, uh, Democrats care about poor people. Republicans don't. I mean, still true. Good night, son. (laughs) Your dad rules. And ever since then, it's been like, all right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like that election, I think my dad voted for Clinton and my mom may have voted for Perot, but Mm -hmm. she also may have just told people that. (laughs) Um, and then even then, I don't know if I talked with you about this, but like, they're both in Florida. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, they're both getting up there. So I'm just, I just get worried because they've changed their minds about, yeah, everything. I get worried. I had a good talk with my dad like a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. He seems to still have it all together as far as, as like worldview goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't spoken with my mom just cause I'm afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, my dad's voting for Trump. And my dad also, I mean, we very, very different um, parental, you know, politics. Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad listen, uh, watched Bill O'Reilly mm-hmm. uh, like every single day and listened to Rush Limbaugh in the car. Like I grew up listening to Rush Limbaugh and this guy, Todd Schnitt. I don't know if you remember Todd Schnitt. Do you know the but, Todd Schnitt show? No. But that name. <laughs> yeah. You, you better just... you better believe he used that and, you know. Oh, my God. God. As a plug-in play for you yeah, know, of course. What the schnit is happening today? Oh guys, my you know, god! Like whole segments like that. Fuck yeah, off, dude. dude. Yeah, I can't believe you never heard of the Todd Schnitt show. No, well, this is my you know childhood. Yeah, so. mine was <laughs> growing up with my mom listening to Y100 and my dad listening to 560 QAM. <laughs> yeah, sports talk radio. Yeah, yeah, I've listened to that. Yeah, with the uh, 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 oh the hammer, fucking. Um, uh, Hank or uh, no uh, Goldberg? Fuck, not Hank Goldberg. Hank Goldberg. Thank you, man. The Hammer. Right. He ended up doing like gambling shit for ESPN. <laughs> Fuck! Oh, I forget his name. He was the best. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, though. Uh, and I still feel like this all falls under the purview of, of television because <laughs> that's where it all is. Yeah. Like, it's all fucking... If if we're talking about Hillary's emails for the week leading up to, yeah. to, to the election, that's because that's what the story's going to be. Yeah. That's what they decide the story's going to be. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, and also just the idea of like proportionality of, of like, and, and the, the distortion of what, um, uh, equal coverage is and people confusing like equal with like fair. (laughs) So like you have an hour to talk about each candidate. Donald Trump has 300 things. (laughs) To talk about to fill that hour, so you're only going to end up spending a very small amount of time on each of those things. Whereas you go to Clinton, and there's like three things, and so you're going to fucking have to dig questions, and it's going to make it seem a lot worse. Yeah, emails, super predators. That's it. I think I don't know what else. I mean, the Benghazi. Oh yeah, which like ties into the emails. Yeah, I guess or. And then the the Clinton Foundation. Oh, it's yeah. like, all right, if you're gonna fucking bring up charities, yeah, yeah. What's up? Yeah, like anything you bring up of fucking of hers, <laughs> homeboy. Like what? He's the king of that. Yeah, that is. <laughs> so what the fuck are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm pretty burnt out on this. And and like I said, by the time this comes out, none of this matters. <laughs> like that's the fucking beauty of it is like after this none of it matters yeah 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 um except for hopefully the fucking house and senate are blue as well yeah and that's the most important thing yeah i would say so the that's... fact obama was able to get as much done not having a blue house and senate the whole fucking time he he you know applaud that dude yeah even know? more like holy shit we screwed him over in 2010 you know um so hopefully the thing the thing that comes out of this year and the next two years is that, yeah, your fucking uh, midterm elections are very, very, very important. I think it looks good for this go around, at least. We'll talk about it in two years, you know, if yeah. we hadn't uh, dug her a hole. But yeah, man, let's stop talking about <laughs> politics. <laughs> Did not expect to go down that fucking hole. It's on the mind, you know. Um, but uh, all the while, not bringing up this the the last episode of Our Father that r- was released. Because yeah. <laughs> we produced that together. And it was a whole uh, satire on Pepe the Frog. And just go listen to it. That's all I'm going <laughs> to fucking say. I'm pretty happy with it. It's, 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 when you actually can like nail something as difficult as satire, like pure, true Jonathan Swift ask, ass satire, like feels good. Yeah, it feels good, man. Otto Aiken is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You had it right there. You just had one word away. <laughs> you alley ooped it and I dunked it on you. <laughs> yeah. But, friend of the show, Otto Aiken. Uh, did a really awesome job. Did his homework. Did great, great performance. Pat Connolly freaking knows about uh, uh, memes. Yeah, memes. Not just that. Egyptian, uh, Egyptian gods. Like, yeah. And he like not only knew it, but added onto it, you know, with like no. Gave him no heads up about it either. It is crazy. Pat Connolly like maybe the smartest person we know personally? Probably, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, I can't think of. He was on else. Jeopardy. He was on Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's amazingly smart and talented. I mean, I he has encyclopedic knowledge of seemingly of seemingly every subject. All of it. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Um, 
We're we are going to talk about uh, the 2002 show The Wire right after this. If you walk through the garden, you better watch your back. Well, I beg your pardon. Walk straight in Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to Down in the Hole, the opening credits to The Wire. That's a um, Tom Waits song. Well, it's a it's kind of a, a overall song. He Tom Waits doesn't do the, um, the the theme until season two. That's correct. Yeah, this is from the Frank's Wild Years album. Yeah, um, so well, you're a little familiar with that that song because I'm in a Tom Waits tribute band. Yeah, you are. Not a cover band, a tribute band. Ooh, what's the difference? Uh, it's cooler. <laughs> Fucking hate you. <laughs> but that is the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> I bet the technical answer is like we inter- I think what it interpret. is interpret the songs yes. as our own. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, man. So we watched episode one, season one, episode one of The Wire. Mm-hmm. Um what was uh what's your background on this show? Like where when did you first come into like Knowing about it and then watching it. Well, I've known about it since uh, college, and I remember just a lot of folks like like yourself or um, you know just other folks that I really respect their opinion liking it. And it just took me. It wasn't until like 2014 really that I started watching the show. Um, it was available on Amazon Prime, I think, at the time, or it still is. or Netflix, and mm-hmm. that's um, so I had easy access to see it. And it's set in Baltimore. Which we know that you're, you know, a uh, a big Baltimore person, fan, you know, ties to Baltimore. And at the time, I was living in Virginia, so I was in the Mid Atlantic region, and I was going to DC a lot for mm-hmm. like stand up stuff. Um, so I was in the general area, yeah. And so, and, and a lot of the like um, the architecture and the streets and stuff, it just it looked very familiar to where I was living at the time. And and it's just a great fucking show, man. I don't know, it's yeah. really really good. Um, so yeah, I. I binge watched it for like four weeks, four or five. I think I finished watching it in like a month or two. Yeah. You know, which is crazy because, you know, how many episodes there are. There's a ton of episodes, but um, not un. It's never, it's not that it's never been done before. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember just sort of like hearing bits and pieces about it. Like, because, so this kind of goes like way back. I feel like I, I know for a fact I've talked about this on many podcasts before. Um, 
But my mom and all of her family is from Baltimore. So there was in the 90s on NBC the show called Homicide Life on the Street, which was uh, in part produced and based off of a book written by David Simon. Um, and David Simon was a, uh, a, a journalist in Baltimore covering the, the, the police beat. Um, and he just had all these fucking stories about the police and crime and then so on and so forth. And just like the streets of, of West Baltimore and Baltimore in general. Um, so they do the show. It's executive produced by Barry Levinson. And it's like, it's still pretty like gritty uh, for being a 90s NBC procedural cop drama. Um, and my mom let me watch it. It was on Friday nights at like nine o'clock and I definitely shouldn't have, but she let me watch it. Um, and it was a, a fantastic show ran for seven seasons, I believe, and had a TV movie. Um, and, and yeah, that was great. And so I remember like in college in like high school, college hearing about the wire and it's essentially the dude who like worked on homicide and it's like a fucking grittier version of homicide. Cause it's on HBO. So it's like, okay, <laughs> I got to get around to that. Finally did. Um, and it's, it was, uh, you know what? I'm going to be honest. First time I watched, I watched the pilot. I didn't think one way or the other. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. Didn't blow me away. So I put it on the shelf for like a couple of years. And then I came back to it around like 2012, 2013. And then it fucking hooked me, binged it, and fucking off to the races. But I also remember being a show that like all my family in Baltimore like also hadn't really watched it, but would shit on it because they didn't like the light it was putting Baltimore in. Sure, sure. Which like their Baltimore, maybe that wasn't the light, but like <laughs> this is West Baltimore. It's the different Baltimore. <laughs> like, and also don't lie to yourselves. Like it is what it is. Um, because I was talking with Spencer on the last episode about how like Sopranos, like other side of the family, um, could attest that like. It's not like that. <laughs> and they can say that for a fact. Whereas like the other for this, for this Baltimore, it's like you're just lying to yourself. <laughs> like you're not getting paid by the Chamber of Commerce <laughs> to like, you know, try to uh, 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 you know balance this out. And, and and we see that, like, I, I personally have seen that, not in Baltimore, but but here in Chicago. Yeah. Like, you know, I have this crazy Harold's Chicken story on the south side. You know, like, I had this crazy experience just seeing um, a totally different part of the city, you know, that's equally, it's, yeah. it's Chicago. The city is still the same name. Yep. But it is 100% different. Yep. And we know for a fact that that's not, this isn't the only city that's like that. So, you know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, what did you think about this pilot episode of The Wire? Um, um, so, in, in a bottle. Yeah. Not like knowing, having watched the rest of everything. It's very dense. Um, there's a lot of scenes. So, I mean, the, the scenes were, as, as the episode goes along, the scenes are actually fairly short, I feel yeah. like. But they're very dense. And there's not a lot of... Uh, uh, waste. Yeah. You know, there's meaning behind like everything. And, um, you don't necessarily have to have watched the whole show to appreciate every, every, um, detail that's, that's added. So, um, I think 
when you're when you're first when you're first watching it and uh if you're kind of like half paying attention it's like uh you could a lot of things could go over your head that might make it feel as though it was it's a meh kind yeah, of thing you know but, absolutely but re you know rewatching it it's incredible how much information they they pack in so there, much you know and foreshadowing foreshadowing theme yeah plot you know it's like it's very well written yeah yeah it's, it's so good i was not trained as a television watcher <laughs> to watch it at the level you made it <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> i mean so just turning something on and letting it wash over me yeah this i have to like notice that there's at least 15 shots that start watching a security yeah, monitor yeah 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 you know i have to know I have to be paying attention to know that D'Angelo Barksdale is standing under a neon sign that says chicken because he's a fucking chicken. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. I noticed that too. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and, and also it's crazy because there's, it's such an expansive cast. You have so many scenes because it is such an expansive cast that we still miss out on maybe like three to five other, you know, characters like principal characters. Yeah. That aren't even in this episode. Um, but I feel like that's something you see much more of today. Yep. Uh, like, even, even so you had this, and then Lost came out in 04. Mm -hmm. That had, like, probably the, one of the larger casts that you had to follow yep. across on, like, network television. But, and so, like, I feel like this is more in the mold of, like, a, a Game of Thrones mm -hmm. or Downton Abbey or something like that of today, where you have, like, upwards of 15 different like individual stories happening yeah. at once so the, the answer to this question is probably no but i'm interested to hear your opinion would you classify this story this this whole series as sort of an epic story in 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 terms of like um the breadth of what's covered you know yeah in the in the vein of obviously it's not like in the same uh categories lord of the rings or something like that but just the breadth of stuff that's covered in the i honestly feel like calling it an epic is not out of line like <laughs> in the classic sense of like fucking homer right the, the odyssey yeah. Yeah. right yeah yeah like of that because it's it is true you're like you know and and storylines you know enter storylines fade mm -hmm. um but it is in truth like still all about uh baltimore mm -hmm. and 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 you know it's i don't think that's out of line yeah. at all um as far as this being a pilot um i think there's a reason why i didn't keep watching after the first time i watched this yeah yep. because it wasn't really a showstopper um like the pilot episodes of like lost and like breaking mm -hmm. bad like shit goes down yep uh, in a way that like even if you're peripherally watching like i guess i'll give it a chance or whatever like it says stop and really watch come here come here look at him in his underwear holding a gun <laughs> you know plane just flew out of the sky yeah the difference is lost like milked that for the whole season right <laughs> um but yeah whereas this and something like mad men the pilot episode of mad men which we also have done this season, um, much more cerebral, um, and and much more rewarding upon a second viewing because you see so many of the of the pieces being put in place. Yeah. 
um, and it just gives you so much more of an appreciation, and you're able to like go back and actually notice yep. the genius that yep. went behind this. Yeah, it, it, it's also um, uh, this pilot episode is weirdly off-putting um, for the reason that I'll explain right now, which is uh, the language that's used, like the the terminology that's used uh, in the show, um, is it's almost like. Not quite a foreign language, but it has the feel of uh, just something that you can't quite grasp on first. You know, it's like you just listen. dropped in it, and no one's explaining this for yeah, you. Exactly, exactly. There's That's no, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, on the the West Wing Weekly, which is a West Wing uh, show, they call these teledonas, uh, <laughs> a device where like if there's a very intricate political thing, they'll have like Josh give the the definition of it. To Donna, because Donna will ask, like, wait, so I don't think I understand this quite exactly. <laughs> and then you know it, you know, which is exposition. Exposition has to happen. Uh, you know, I feel like it's a dirty word, but it, it's necessary for telling a story. Um, but for if you're going to stop to every time you need to explain, like, what a buyer bust is. Yeah. Like, you're never going to fucking. It's, never gonna it's a four hour show. Yep. yep. <laughs> you know. Um, but but I but I trust I trust the writing that I will find out yes. like what it is yeah um, so like the thing that stood out to me by by uh, a by bust was was definitely one that stood out to me uh, at one point Bubbles says uh, calls the folks working the low rises Lemon Street chump these are not Lemon Street chumps yeah what the hell does that mean <laughs> what's a Lemon Street chump I, uh, I don't know I'm sure Lemon Street is some street in Baltimore yeah you know that. Uh, has low, you know, chumps. I, yeah, just it's chumps. full of chumps. <laughs> that's what I assume it is. But so many chumps. But he says it in such a nonchalant way. That's like, yeah, that's the vernacular in Baltimore. You know, and uh, you know, yeah, they don't explain what a CI is. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what's a CI? I don't know. Criminal informant. There you go. You find that out later. Bubs is. A you put CI. it together exactly. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It it doesn't. It forces you to watch up to the level that it is performing at. Um, which you can get away with on HBO, yeah, because they're gonna let it ride, man. And that's, and I think it's a, it, the true mark and the, the mark of a, a great show. Like it gets better every time you yeah. you watch it. There's more you find every time. I mean, watching it uh, the, like halfway through this episode, it's like I want to rewatch The Wire. I, I want to rewatch the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> see how many other things I'll catch. Yeah, that that's <laughs> the fucking danger of this season of Picked Up that we're doing right now because we already fucking we did Mad Men. It was the first one from this list that we're working off of. And it's like, yeah, I got to watch all this. <laughs> and then the second one we did was Lost. And it's like, you know, I never did finish like Lost. I want to I never finish Lost. Like, wow. I stopped at season four, episode one. You should finish it, dude. Because then it gets weird and yeah, it gets it all time traveling and shit. It does. But some of the best episodes are in the last season. Really? Uh, yeah, in my opinion. Wow. In my okay. opinion. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, like, the last episode, not the best episode. You know, that's, that's been talked to death a million mm -hmm. times. But there, there are some episodes in the last season that are, like, that was very satisfying. But you see what I mean, though. I hear, it's like, yeah, oh. I hear you. Gotta, you got to take a bunch of pain to get there. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But, but even on a greater time. scale, it's yeah. like, <laughs> I'm watching Westworld. I'm watching Walking <laughs> Dead, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Only but, so many hours in a day. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so... But yeah, now I just want to go back and watch all of The Wire. Like, for all of its fucking flaws, too. Season 2, Season 5, which people shit on those seasons all the time. I love all of the seasons. I love it all. I love all of the seasons. Love it all. There's not a bad season, in my opinion. Um, 
How'd you feel about the way the, this was shot? We watched it on HBO Go, so it has already it's been dig digitally remastered for high definition, which means it lost a lot in the conversion. It was originally shot specifically for the four by three uh, square aspect ratio. aspect ratio that we all grew up on. Um, and I remember reading an article when um, they were doing the transition. Uh, with David Simon saying like, yeah, it actually took a lot of shot composition away when we transferred it to 16 by nine. Uh, so like, for example, that that scene where they're in front of the the, the chicken joint and it has the signs mm -hmm. like it originally when they first did it. And I guess they'd gone back and fixed it. But like it cut out mm. like burgers and chicken, the, the neon signs that they were standing on uh, under. Um, I love that there's that much detail that they've paid attention to. Yeah. That, like David Simon went back and said, no, fucking put it in there. That's, yeah. That's awesome. It's beautiful. That's amazing. Because um, how many hours of that show are there? That you right. Have to fucking, like, look at? <laughs> no, there. you fuckers. <laughs> He's really, I love David Simon. He must be a miserable prick. I mean, he really must be a miserable motherfucker, honestly. Bro, I honestly though, like, I feel like that's probably just because of like, Burden him, oh, burdening yeah. himself with so much with, goddamn empathy, with the truth. yeah, yeah, and yeah, truth yeah. and empathy, and and did you watch Show Me a Hero? I did not. No. Go back, watch Show Me a Hero if you have HBO Go. Uh, it might be on Amazon Prime. I don't know, but it was a, a, a the um, a one run series uh, with Oscar Isaac. It's all about uh, mayor of Yonkers trying to fucking get the right funding for public housing in Yonkers. Sounds like a David Simon. It, yeah, show. exactly. It's like the most fucking mundane thing. It's a true story. <laughs> And it's it's gripping, but yeah, it, I I think David Simon has the all time empathy award. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like Jesus he Christ. Totally is. Um, but back to the original question: What do you think about like the actual look and and the way that the show was actually shot? So to be honest, I didn't I didn't really recognize a, a difference in the in the way that the show was shot. But that might just be because I've always watched it that way. Maybe yeah, because yeah, I remember when I watched it uh, before mm -hmm. and I you know acquired it through means. Um, it was in the original four by three. Mm -hmm. um, so when I read that article that I mentioned, I was like, oh fuck! If I ever want to rewatch this. <laughs> I'm um, I'm gonna be cheated. <laughs> um, I I love the way it's shot. I I think that um, it, it's it's shot in a way that's nostalgic because it, it feels like it's it's got this like um, I don't know what the like the correct term for this is, but it's got this like weird like early two thousands uh, fuzziness to it, like a film on yeah, the lens. Exactly. Even though yeah. I'm not sure if it was actually shot on film or yeah. No, I, I mean like there's shit on the lens. That's <laughs> what I meant. It's like there's like a film of something right. on the lens. Like I don't want to touch that. You wipe it off. And, and although we have like this super high definition TV right now, it just if you know it feels like too real. Yeah. You know, like it's like. It's too sobering or something, yeah. you know, um, like I could stick my hand through the TV. There's something too, um, too weird about that. Uh, this episode, as are a lot of the episodes of this, uh, of this show, as well as a lot of episodes of TV that you watch and you don't even realize, was directed by Clark Johnson. Dude directs a shit ton of TV. You've probably seen at least... <sighs> Probably at least conservatively, I want to say seventy episodes of television directed by him. Wow, that's that's a low number. That's the floor. Um, dude was actually he was on. I think 
almost all seven seasons of Homicide. Wow. He was Detective Meldrick Lewis. Um, great character. Wow. And uh, yeah, he was also, he's in season five as well. He's one of the, he works at the newspaper. Okay. Um, is he the main guy at the newspaper? Yes. Okay. I want to say he is. Wow. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and also, and so there's that homicide connection. The judge, um, Judge Phelan, Judge, Fa- yeah, Phelan, he was on homicide. Uh, I love just the continuity characters, yeah. just kind of, like actors. That's the other thing about David Simon. So he, he, the thing is, like, he was meant to write. The, I mean, this is literally the second iteration of this storyline. If not, it, is it the second? Well, it's technically because, like, homicide wasn't really his. And then they did a um, a limited series on HBO called, I believe, The Corner. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. That is right. So yeah. this will be the second iteration of that. Yeah. So I mean, nobody knows this topic better than this guy. No. Uh, inside and out, you yeah. know. Uh, and that really sh- shines through, I think. Yeah. In everything about the the show, down down to the way it's shot, you know, and what is what we're being focused on, you know, there, yes. there is nothing left on the Buffalo at any point, you know? And it helps that like TV is a writer's medium. Yeah. Like you can have that power in television. Yep. Yep. Um, and, uh, and, and you, you will see like other people from like homicide, like pop up, um, either on the wire or on Treme, yep, which uh, I've watched. Well, most of it. No, okay. I haven't finished it. But. Um, which I, I just love when that happens. It's like the same <laughs> thing with a, any Bill Lawrence show. Like <laughs> when you have like the entire cast of Spin City eventually show up as guest stars in Scrubs. Fuck yes. <laughs> Give me more of that. <laughs> I just love that shit. Um, uh, so uh, the, ep- the episode's called The Target. Yes. Um, and I don't know the, the quote that's after the, the immediately follows the theme song in this one was, uh, I have it here somewhere. Um, do you know it off the top? No, of your head? I don't actually. Uh, it's not, not your turn to care. To, it's not your turn to give a fuck. I think so. I think yeah. that's what it is. By um, a quote by McNulty. Uh, who, who do you think the target is in, uh, in this episode? If the target is a particular person in this episode who do you think it he is? kind of makes himself the target within the 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 baltimore pd that's right yeah i guess there's multiple targets yeah yeah exactly yeah. like him avon barksdale yep uh uh fucking gant the gant. witness yeah who is murdered yeah Tar- targets abound yep um snoot, snoot boogie is the first dead guy in the show snot boogie snot boogie snot boogie my bad Snot Boogie. Whose whose name is Omar. Yeah. Do you Omar think, Elias something. Yeah. Do you think that that is foreshadowing for the Omar down the road? I don't. I don't think that's And why do you not think it is? Um, damn. At first I was going to say because like, no way. Because Omar wasn't supposed to last as long as he as he did. Um, I think Omar was just supposed to be like a kind of, a, of an in and out character. That... Became iconic, um, so I don't think there was that much investment in that in doing that. Yeah, I, I think that's more so a happy accident. Yeah, um, but then also at the same time, I think, well, why did they fucking say his whole name? Right, right. It's like, well, it was for effect. It was for effect in that scene. Yeah, I I, I respect your opinion. I disagree. I think that it, that it is foreshadowing. Even though uh, I agree that uh, Omar wasn't supposed to be a major character. Yeah, I think it just is a happy coincidence. Um, but if you uh, remember what uh, Snot Boogie 
well, like his story that they mention in, and it is uh, what he would do is he'd go to the people, you mm-hmm. know, playing craps on the street. Yeah. And he'd play, and then he would snatch steal, the snatch the money, run, uh, beat his and ass. then get beat his ass. Yeah. And then he uh, he did it too many times, and he got he got killed, which just sounds way too familiar to basically what Omar's role is in the show, right? Minus the getting beat up part. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Right? I mean, that's... Yeah. I mean, you came with much more empirical evidence than I came with. And then the question was uh, for, for uh, from McNulty was, what, why'd you let him play? Uh, and the response was, uh, you got you got to. This is America. Yeah. Which is interesting. You know, it, uh, on the surface, that, that feels corny, right? I, I, I think that feels corny. Sure. Like a corny line. But it was delivered pretty well. I thought yeah. that... And considering that that I assume that was just a local Baltimore actor, yeah, that's pretty remarkable. Very good. Um, there's only one scene in the whole pilot that yeah. made me cringe a little bit, which was so it's uh, Herc, yeah, Carver, and Kima, yeah, and they're in the office, uh, and they were talking about basically um, uh, uh, busting heads on on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about, uh, uh, the drug war and the question is like, uh, why do they call it a war? You know? Yeah. Uh, and it's something to the effect of, well, a war assumes that it's, uh, it's going to end. War's end. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like a pause and then you look at her stupid face and then he's like, Hey, you want to write that down? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can go two ways with that. I can go one. Yes. That, that scene itself was probably a little clunky. Um, uh, but two, I could also see that being a scene of of what uh, of people that aren't that deep trying to be deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I I wouldn't agree. That sounds like agreed. My thing is, um, Treme suffers from a lot of this specific True. scene where I know I could imagine David Simon saying this in a TED talk, right? But it's through the lens. It's through the lens of like <laughs> Carver, who's an idiot. Yeah, telling you know, and then you watching Herc's reaction, who's an even bigger, bigger idiot. idiot. Yeah, you know, and then you got the awkward silence and everything. So that like Treme is like a ton of that. So yeah. I love the message. Show me, don't tell me. You know, True. yeah. Um, which who the fuck am I? I'm just some fucking guy, right? David no, Simon, but, the I best mean, TV show ever. But that said, I think that's that he does it a million other times in this show. That speaks to what Treme was and why it wasn't <laughs> as good as this. Uh, yeah. What was your, did you have a favorite scene? Oh my God. Um, let me get back to you on that. Do All you right. have a favorite scene? Um, not particularly. No. Uh, it maybe because I don't know. I j- the composition of the show itself um, again, I'm gonna say I'm gonna use this word again. It was very cerebral. Um, it worked on a bunch of different levels. That because it wasn't a showstopper, like just sort of uh, it was like a sneak attack. I mean, you have the banality of just like upper management, like all these majors and deputies and shit like that that mm-hmm. they, they just throw around. There's not even real names attached to them. They're managers. They just want yep. to keep their numbers. They down. just want to keep their asses uh, yeah. clean. And 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 like the numbers. It's about like actually keeping the numbers. They're down. upset if there are murders, not because of the fact that someone died, but because now I'm gonna look bad. That's gonna fuck up their stats. Which <laughs> yeah. is so depressing. <clears throat> yeah. Um, whereas you have on the other side of things, like 
these two upstart drug dealers, you know, uh, 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 slash startup entrepreneurs, um, like taking this, their world by store, like in the past year, no one fucking knows about them. They're new on the block. Um, and, and yeah, like busting their ass and like working. <laughs> There, there are. I don't have a favorite scene, but there are a ha- there are three scenes that I'd like to at least chat about. Uh, so, um, one question for you is: I, f- I forgot about the series. Is is Rawls? Uh, is there a scene where Rawls is shown to be uh, gay? I don't remember. Or is there a theory ever that, that you've ever heard I mean, that Rawls is gay? <sighs> Wasn't he in like a gay bar at one point? I feel, I feel like I, I can't remember if he, they explicitly say he's gay or not. In, I think like, in the they show. show him like at a gay bar. Or if it's just canon. But it was on the mind when I first saw the first scene with Rawls is McNulty and Rawls mm-hmm. post Judge Phelan, all this kind of stuff. His first thing he says which is really weird to me. Put your ass in the chair. You know, like just emphasis on the ass, you know, like I thought, I, I thought, I think you're reading I, a little bit too much. You, well, how do you, I mean, he's just telling him to sit down. Right. And then he, and then he gave him, gave him two middle fingers. And then his comment was, this one's going, the first thing he said was, this one's going up your ass. And this one's going in your eye. I, I think <laughs> he was a boss chewing out a, like a peon. Seemed like a lot of ass stuff. I think you're reading it. I mean, probably like, it all. You, you could look at male behavior in general and see all sorts of of homoerotic behavior, <laughs> like in macho male behavior. It's true. It's true. Um, so, like, you, I, I guess you could read into it that way. But Rudy, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. Fine. Maybe I looked into it a little bit too much. You know, I mean, if you want to talk about foreshadowing, yeah, like McNulty says he doesn't want to be on the boat, <laughs> yeah, and then, then he ends up, up on, on the, the boat. boat. It's true. It's true. You know, but like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think you're grasping at asses uh, on that one. Uh, okay, so another scene I want to talk about is when McNulty goes to the FBI. Yeah, he's the FBI. Really, I think uh, it, it the the character in it from the FBI is pretty much never seen again. I yeah. don't think. But what it, I think the point of of showing us that is uh, live surveillance in the in the post you know, um, Patriot Act uh, mm-hmm. world, like what the, what the government has in terms of infrastructure. And you juxtapose that with what's to come Yeah, when they're, when they have the shitty infrastructure that, that they have, mm-hmm. you know, local law enforcement versus, um, federal. versus federal law, yeah. law enforcement. Um, and, and it paints the picture of uh, basically the FBI going to counterterrorism and local law enforcement taking over these, these drug cases. So I thought, that was an interesting thing to show, uh, setting up foreshadowing for crappy infrastructure later. And then the the last thing was just McNulty and, and Bunk drinking by by the train. Yeah. So David Simon did an AMA recently on Reddit where he was asked about these these scenes because this isn't the only scene that ever happens in The Wire where they're by the train. Yeah. And specifically talking about the the metaphor, like what is the what is this standing by the train supposed to. I don't know if you and I have talked about this no, before. No. But the train's supposed to symbolize in some way like the like uh the unstoppable 
like bureaucracy and like government force mm-hmm. um, that these guys flirt with all the time, right? Yeah. And get dangerously close to yeah. all the time. Um, and the sort of the passing shot in this scene is is McNulty sort of stumbling, you know, ever ever so closely, and you know, wa- wa- seeing the train like for sure in between him and McNulty. So I don't know. That yeah. was the imagery there was pretty. I also the thing I took away from that scene as well is in, just in the scene before that. He's at the bar with Bunk, and they're talking about um, the detail that he's going to be on and how like it's going to get all fucked up. They're not going to do it right, and this and that, this and that. And he's like, yeah, I feel like I'm just pissing into the wind. Or no, 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 uh, Daniels is just pissing into the wind. And then in that scene, McNulty's just straight up trying. He's like pissing into a train. <laughs> well, like, uh, uh, like into an oncoming train. <laughs> Because he just stands on the tracks and then just pisses towards an oncoming train. And yeah, so and, and then steps off the track just as it's coming, like very casually. And the other thing that, that sort of bounces out the same kind of thing of like ta- talking about something and then seeing it like mm-hmm. the next scene over in this train scene, uh, Bunk talks about killing a mouse. Yeah. Uh, by shooting it. Yes. And then they laugh about, you know, I wanted to leave this sh- dead mouse so that all the other mice can see. <sighs> Fuck. For, right? And like they, because you know the the thought being mice as drug dealers, right on the yeah. on the street. And then what's the what's the final scene is seeing the witness from the court case that actually did identify D D'Angelo Barksdale shot in the head in a very public place. No one calls the cops. I thought that was pretty amazing. Well, they did. I mean, the cops were called. Like <laughs> well, Bunk did catch the case. <clears throat> I think. Yeah, I, I, I I'm a little bit fuzzy. Found on the body. There. Yeah. Yeah, uh, fuck. Pretty, pretty. Yeah, so they good. didn't. They left nothing. You know, nothing unused. No stone unturned. This cast, <laughs> like, because I want to get into MVPs and LVPs. Um, and I, I was going on and on about like how David Simon will, will, you know, bring characters back or not characters, but actors back for other projects. And HBO is, is notorious for doing this well as well. Like, you know, uh, 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 what's his face? Um, the, the guy who runs for mayor in third and fourth season. Ah, shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's fucking, <laughs> he's Littlefinger on, on a game of Thrones yep. and, um, like just all over the place. Uh, uh, Michael K. Williams, he was in the night of, um, which is also crazy. I don't know if you've watched that. Um, I think you'd be interested in that. Um, and I mean, as opposed to like, oh, not opposed, uh, in addition to Michael K. Williams also just being in a shit ton of movies. Uh, he was also in Boardwalk Empire. Um, did it, I feel, just to interrupt you really quick, did you feel like Michael K. Williams, it took a while for people to catch up to him after after The Wire? Was it was this seamless? Was his career progression seamless right after the wire, or did it take a few years? It felt like it was pretty seamless to. I don't know. Again, I would. I didn't really like finish with when it ended, but um, I mean, obviously, the biggest star to come from the show was was Idris Elba. Yep. um, Who is phenomenal. Yep. yep. uh, And just great in anything he does. Um, But just Jesus Christ, fucking top to bottom, just chock full of amazing actors. Andre Royo was Bubbles. We haven't even talked about Bubbles. I'm talking about Bubbles. Um, to to get back to Idris Elba and specifically Stringer Bell, the thing that that really stood out to me is in the relationship between Avon Barksdale and Stringer Bell. You know, as you watch the show, it becomes very clear that Stringer is the actual 
leader of this. He's the brains. He's the, the operation. Not just the brains. I think he's he is like True. the guy. Every time D'Angelo says anything, he he says he works for Stringer. That's right. And when the things that matter, the the things that make their organization like and actually um, cut above any other uh, criminal organization is uh, the influence they have in the court system. Yeah. So Stringer's there. When's mm-hmm. you, when the first the first scene you see Avon is in a strip club. Yeah. I think that's not for no reason, you know. Um. Yeah, he, and also, uh, like another juxtaposition is when Stringer is telling Avon um, that he noticed uh, a detective that worked on one of the other cases at this case yeah. as like, "Hey, heads up! I think like we're starting to get Catch on radars." Right. Um, Whereas McNulty brings this up to the judge, no one fucking knows anything. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like, whereas for fucking for Barksdale and Bell, like they, it's like first sign of anything. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're on it. <laughs> whereas yeah, this has been going on for a year. The cops didn't know anything. <laughs> as as McNulty said, do we we don't even have a photo of this guy. That's that's right. And the I think it's another theme of the show. Like these folks are more competent than the lot local law enforcement. Yeah. 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 Um, what are some other places that you've seen any like of these actors show up? Like Walking Dead's used a shit ton of yeah. wire actors. They use Carver, right? I think. Uh, yeah, he's Father Gabriel. That's right. Um, they had D'Angelo Barksdale. He was Bob. That's right. Uh, good guys. Uh, uh, well, Cuddy Carver, uh, not necessarily a good guy. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of a you don't know which way that dude's going. Um, uh, Cuddy uh was was uh Tyrese. Yeah. On Walking Dead, like they use a shit ton of fucking actors from that show, and it's like, yeah, good. Do that. That's smart. I think. I think uh, the industry probably just loved this show, you know, and it's been a boon for all these all these actors. I'm trying to think of other folks. John Domain, John, John Domain, or however you pronounce it, uh, uh, Major Rawls. Yeah, he was. Uh, um, fucking what's the gangster's name uh, on Gotham? Uh, but he was on Gotham. Um, he's great on that. Yeah. Uh, who? Wendell Pierce is like the main guy in Treme, but he's in, he's in other stuff as well. He he does a lot. He's great. Um, he's like all over the place. He'll do he'll do dramatic stuff. He does comedy. He's he's on the Odd Couple. Oh, okay, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, shoot. <laughs> exactly. He That's crazy. Does everything. Wow. He was in that live Grease uh, from <laughs> a year or two ago. Um, he's great. Uh, I haven't seen the, the actress who plays uh, Sonia Sohn, uh, who plays Kima. Yeah, which. Hey, she's pretty good, man. She's very she's good. She's really good. Who, all right, so yeah. I'm just going to do it. Who is your MVP of the show? Man, it's tough. It's tough, it's right? It's really tough. Um, God. <laughs> uh, I, I, would, I would maybe say Sonia Sohn. I mean, I, I thought that her character was very interesting, and they gave her a good amount of s- uh, screen time. Yeah. And I wanted, I wanted to know more about her life. One of the things I didn't realize that they don't really touch on later in the show is the fact that she's in school, right? They, they do kind of drop that. Yeah, they drop it. They, they just talked about it uh, briefly in passing. Yeah. She's, just so everybody knows, uh, she's a, a female, um, you know, local law enforcement official. Uh, narcotics. Sure, narcotics. Uh, who they do a really good job of showing she works extremely hard. Yeah. Um, she's, uh, she's, I think she's married uh, and she's, uh, she's a lesbian. So she... I think one of the things they're they're trying to portray is like this is how much harder she has to work and prove herself over these idiots that she works with. These fucking 
morons. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she speaks their language, mm-hmm. um, but also understands the street as well. She's got this uh, relationship she, with Bubs, Bubbles, yeah, yeah, right, which ends up being super valuable. She's like the, the go-to officer for her lieutenant. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I would say her, but honestly, there's a lot of really great people in this. She was, episode. she was my number two. My number one is probably Wendell Pierce. <laughs> yeah. I love Wendell Pierce. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. I just would like to know, I guess, some some examples of things that really stood out to you for for Wendell in this. Uh, the the train scene. Um, Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, and he has to give like that fun little monologue about his about the mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say that's an awesome reason for uh, and um, you know, he fucking acted with a dead body. And he acted with a decomp- the decomposing body. I was after thinking the Dominic de- West. I was thinking about the decomposed body. What what is the dead body? There's oh, a- Dominic West. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you don't Which like McNulty. Leads me to my LVP. Yeah, what, who, is, who is your LVP? Dominic West. Wow. I do not like him throughout this entire series. Dude, that's crazy. I don't think he's a good actor. Really? I think there's a reason why the only the biggest thing he did before this was play a photographer in Spice World. <laughs> and it took him like a full fucking almost decade to land another like big thing in that the affair. And like, I guess people watch the affair. I don't know. But fuck him, dude, man. I don't think he's good. I think because he's British, he's trying way too hard to put on a Baltimore accent. <laughs> like the way he says Baltimore is it's Balmer. No, no, not even if he said that, that would have been fine. That's how bad it is. I can't even fucking replicate a bad. Like, yeah, it's Baltimore. It's like, fuck, dude, no. Like, and and it's, it's, I hate giving LVP to like, you know, the person who the has to carry the most yeah. of like the exposition. Cause like it's, it's, it's a thankless job and it's hard to do. Like the scene with the judge when he has to mm-hmm. basically give all this exposition and yeah. this huge data dump yep, yep. on who Avon Barksdale is. Yep. It's like, there's no, it's very rare to find a super graceful way to do that. Yeah. But he also just sucks. It may also just be because he like looks kind of like John Cena. <laughs> I, I, you know, I respect your opinion, especially your opinion on Baltimore accents. Cause I don't really have a point of reference, I guess. Um, but uh, I actually like Dominic West. I think that he's charming. And charismatic, wow. yeah, charismatic. I, I think he's charismatic. I, I'm That's, sorry, dude. Wow. I'm, hey, look, I'm putting it all out there. That is a I, sacred word to me. And charismatic. I think his his scenes were with Bunk are fun. I love those scenes. They are, and I think they have good. Enough, I think I think Wendell great chemistry. Pierce, I think Wendell Wendell Pierce puts Dominic <laughs> West on his fucking back and says, "I'm gonna have enough charisma for the two of us." Wow. And I'm going to trick everyone into thinking we have chemistry. Well, give us some perspective, I guess. Like, I mean, this is, in my opinion, my fa- this is my favorite TV show, period. Okay, yeah. Okay, so this is the protagonist of my favorite TV yeah. show and one of your favorite TV shows. Top I would, five. Yeah. So, I mean, how bad is his acting compared to other traditionally bad acting? You know, like I, like actors. I just think he makes, like, very acty faces. Like, I think he just makes faces that look like a choice as opposed to an honest reaction. Interesting. That's just my opinion. Interesting. And, well, I mean, from what I've seen, from what I can see of him in five seasons of The Wire, that's what it looks like to me. 
as opposed to just letting it happen <laughs> and reacting. It just looks so anticipatory yeah. on his face. Yeah. I think it's probably most noticeable in that first scene where they're he's on the stoop talking with the witness about snot boogie. Really? Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to agree, disagree. I, I still I, I respect your opinion. I guess. I'm not I mean, I'm not like Dominic West till till death. You you're know, not, you're not president of the Dominic West fan club. <laughs> no, but I enjoyed you're it. You're not a Westerner. <laughs> I thought he was fun and I thought I, he was a believable drunk, I'll say that. Yeah, I'll give him that. That's just the fucking English in him. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's the British in him. Um okay, so my- I, I loved uh sorry to no, go ahead. Off. I loved um uh, reading an interview with uh, uh, Andy Samberg mm-hmm. uh, before uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine mm-hmm. debuted, and he was talking about how wanting to be just like um, a dumber uh, <laughs> Jimmy McNulty. <laughs> That's how I knew I was gonna fucking love Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> um, uh, do you have an LVP? Yeah, so my LVP would be, and I don't know how fair this is because he didn't get that much um, screen time, but uh, Bub- Bubbles' friend Johnny. Oh yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't think he had enough reps. I don't think he had enough uh, uh, at bats to really qualify. That's why I didn't really go with him. Yeah. Um. I also just wanted to make a splash. I want to be controversial, <laughs> man. I'm just gonna be controversial. <laughs> but um, but yeah, he was not. I also think like that also may have been the, been the case just because he looked so much like a fucking heroin yeah, addict. Yeah, heroin addict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like Bub still looks like. You know, it's like, oh, that's such a good acting job. He's going to be okay, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, that dude, like, he's actually, like, that, he's doing heroin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Which, that's also, like, a fucking, that, that's a, the hardest part of the show for me is just all, uh, any scenes where they're shooting up. Because I hate needle scenes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Needle scenes! And they give you a close-up into that stuff. <sighs> yeah, I thought, um, you know, it's, it's. I, I feel, I put a, an asterisk on it just because I I feel like uh, I don't know if it's maybe just I hate the character. I don't really like the character that much. Yeah. Um, and uh, versus I don't know about the the acting. I thought like the whole uh, counterfeit money like thing before he got beat up was just seemed poorly yeah shot or poorly planned out. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't have too much too much insight. I just don't like the. The times when he's on on screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I, I put him as an LVP. Uh, fuck. I completely, I'm like, yeah, you just have easily the famous one, the most famous one. And like, as far as being a regular, that's probably the case. But fucking, we haven't talked about Michael B. Jordan. That's right. Wallace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, one point, arguably like one of the, the fucking biggest stars like on the planet. He's great. He didn't have that much to do in this episode. He didn't. Um, uh, although like he had arguably more to do than, than some, he had more to do than your, your LVP there. Uh, he also had more, he had some to do. Um, he knew that Hamilton was never a president. That's right. That was, Hey, who would have known that be so relevant? He's just bad at math. (laughs) Um, yeah. Fuck dude. God, the show is unstoppable. (laughs) It's pretty incredible. Um, yeah. Uh, another thing that they didn't use this. Uh, phrasing in this episode, but they will down the line. I love, I just love, uh, instead of like actually saying like homicide detective mm-hmm. or whatever, um, they'll refer to themselves as murder police. <laughs> I just fucking love that phrasing. It's like murder police. Yeah. It seems like old timey <laughs> while at the same time futuristic. 
It's more functional. Yeah. You know exactly what they're there yeah. for. Yeah, or the murder police. <laughs> um, shit. Uh, uh, I thought that scene with the... the so the scene where uh, Bunk uh, finds the dead body, where um, McNulty and him are walking up the, up the stairs... Um, uh, this might be just a boring, probably a boring, just a boring question. They talked about the fact that somebody else was up. Yeah. So what does that mean? Were they off duty? And there's another division. I think they probably like take turns as far as like who takes the call. So that's probably more so what that means just to like, uh, uh, you know, divvy out the, the workload. Yeah. And he was saying, uh, it's not your turn to give a fuck. Yeah. Like in the second scene of the show, he's like, don't answer the phone. (laughs) Um, if you could ask either the director of this episode, Clark Johnson, or David Simon, mm-hmm. uh, one question either about the pilot or the series as a whole, mm-hmm. what would you ask them? Well, I think I could ask uh, two separate questions, one, one for the pilot and for okay. the, the series as a whole. As a whole. So um, one of the things I highlighted to you when we were watching it is um, uh, Rawls and one of the other higher-up people in the police department. Yeah. Um, they are taking an elevator together. Um, and they're talking about what they're going to do with McNulty and, you know, this Western Baltimore division. Um, and they're pretty public, uh, publicly and openly talking about what they're going to do. Um, but as soon as they walk into the elevator, um, it's a black and white camera angle from the corner of the elevator um, where you can hear the audio and they're dead silent for what feels like five seconds. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they walk out, they continue their conversation. Uh, and so uh, my, my question would just be, um, you know, how, uh, how paranoid are the folks within the own, their own police department of, of higher-ups within the, uh, the organization? Because it seems like that's a pretty uh, anxiety-driven yeah. behavior there. Yeah. Or just, yeah, very much so. Um, that's, that's super like, uh, perceptive as well. That's something I never really like, like I noticed like, Oh cool. Elevator shot, more security footage. But I didn't like click with me. The fact that like, they just dropped their conversation yeah. and then picked it right back up when they were getting off the elevator. Yeah. And I think if, if you just, <clears throat> I mean, if you consider how much time it took that for, for this pilot to probably get like to get shot, yeah. you know, and how dense everything else appears to be like. There's probably a reason for every, yes. you know, every yeah. angle that was shot or every piece of dialogue. But yeah, what what about you? Why no musical episode <laughs> for the whole series? Yeah, <laughs> come on, <laughs> season three. We're thinking about a mayoral election. <laughs> you know, there's plenty of stuff you could do there. <laughs> um. Uh, uh, um I'd want to know like how, how many fights he had to have like behind this. I'd want to know about all the fights like behind the scenes, as far as like to be able to shoot in Baltimore, mm-hmm. like to convince HBO mm-hmm. this needs to be in Baltimore, not New York. Mm-hmm. Um, with the city, like, hey guys, sorry, this looks like shit, <laughs> but also. It's shitty. They let him do whatever six seasons, seven yeah, seasons, uh, five, five seasons, five. Um, like I'd want to know like all those like behind the scenes stories of just like what's the most fucked up <laughs> like conversation you have with like an elected official or something. 
Those shoots must have been long. You yeah. Know? Um, it's like <clears throat> that mare, uh, uh, that Littlefinger plays in season three and four. Um, do you know who that was? Who that's like the, um, who that's like supposed to be? Yes, Martin O'Malley. Martin O'Malley. But that's yes. crazy. Yeah, that's so crazy. Well, same way. Uh, you never watched the the West Wing. Did I did it? not. No. So, um, uh, Bradley Whitford uh, plays a character um, on that show uh, who's a real like sort of pit bull, like not afraid to kind of like piss people off. He kind of like fucking does his thing and he's also pretty boisterous and, and celebratory when he wins um that character was uh, uh modeled off of Rahm Emanuel wow yeah oh my god yeah that's crazy yeah that must be so cool to well not for them <laughs> <laughs> but in general in, 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 except for these guys it must be pretty cool to be a living person who has a fictional like like uh, one of the arguably the greatest tv shows ever like Hey, I, I can watch a TV show where someone's playing like Kramer. Yeah. <laughs> well, who's like Kramer? Well, who's Kramer supposed to? Well, there's a Cosmo Kramer. There's uh, like a dude named Kramer. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I should have known that. Or something like that. There's a dude that like was specifically and acknowledged to have been based off of Kramer. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Some, like the soup Nazi guy. Apparently, he's a real dude. Yeah. Um. So one one question about the series overall that I feel like this pilot like poses the question of and is community policing versus surveillance, mm -hmm. like a big brother kind of state. And I think if you were to ask David Simon, he would tell you community policing is the way to, to go. Uh, just that's, that seems to be the, in the discussion of like all this Black Lives Matter kind of discussion, community policing seems to be the solution that keeps getting brought up. Yeah. Um, and also kind of the way you sort of refer to community policing as well. Uh, because uh, if you want to look at it in the context of this episode, um, community policing is referred to as basically narcotics going out and in their elegant way of saying busting skulls. Busting heads. Busting yeah, skulls. busting heads. Yep, yeah. Yep. Um, whereas surveillance for this, and that's the way they want this detail yep. on, hey, let's get this Barksdale guy because this judge is down our fucking neck. So let's get him. Community policing, uh, 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 buying outs or whatever, and and uh, we're back to our day jobs in a month, and that's how we're gonna do it. And McNulty's like, no, we need to fucking surveil them, and yep. we need to like build a case, and 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 this happens after he's gone to the FBI and seen what they yeah. have, yeah. And so, uh, and it's funny too because narcotics, um, their goal is to have numbers up. We are arresting yep. this many yep. no matter like what level they are right, right like on paper you show your fucking higher ups like yeah we arrested 50 dudes right and uh confiscated all this crack um whereas homicide going your numbers down like no don't be uh murder be natural death <laughs> please no <laughs> um and so yeah so it's, it's 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 all fucking part of perspective um and and short-term solutions versus long-term answers yeah and the short-term solutions are always going to perpetuate more long-term problems yeah exactly yeah. so it's and and i think everybody knows that but they don't give a shit yeah. basically uh last thing i want to talk about because we are running pretty <laughs> long um does the the because this was made in 2002 does the antiquated technology kind of like take you out of it or date it for you at any point um sure but i think it's 
it it acts as a pretty cool time capsule for that that period of time. Do you think that'd be a hard thing for someone to get over trying to watch it now? I don't think so. I'd hope not. You'd hope not, right? I hope not. Shit. It's much more important than yeah. what's a beeper? Yeah. <laughs> what is she typing on? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think it took people out of Mad Men, seeing people on typewriters and stuff, you know? No, but that's because like people were dressing and acting different as well. Whereas like people are still dressing and acting semi-similar to how we do now. Yep. So like you should expect them to have a phone that yep. they could just pull out of their pants right, right. and use. Yep. Um but like, and also, you know, put yourself back in 2002. Like, when did your family get a computer? Um, probably around 2002. Like honestly, when, yeah. <laughs> like, my family had a computer, but when we didn't get a computer with the internet until around like yep, that time, 2000. Yeah, yeah, around early there. 2000s. Maybe and we had then, a computer late 90s. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. When did you get a cell phone? Oh crap! It wasn't until high school. Yeah, it wasn't until like 2005 ish. I, yeah, I didn't have a, a, a cell phone until my senior year of high school. Uh, uh, I, I, in my sophomore year of high school, I got my first beeper. Wow. When I never had a beeper. Everyone already had beepers before <laughs> me. And so my mom would have to call their beepers <laughs> to get in touch with me. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was literally the last one of my friends to have a beeper while everyone else was getting Nokia cell phones. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then like two years later, I got a cell phone and then, and then figured throughout the rest of my life and played snake for, yeah. You know, Until like I, I was still like one of the last people I knew to get a fucking smartphone. I feel like I knew you had a, like a Nokia or something like when I first met you sure. or something. Right. Very college? possible. Yeah. Or I may have been like on flip phones yeah. by then, but like even then, it's like, the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I, I didn't have an, an, a smartphone. I didn't have an iPhone until 2013. Shit. I know. Wow, dude. This is the same one. Oh my God. It freezes all the time. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Give me money for a phone, fans. <laughs> um,. But yeah, and at least they acknowledge it. Like in that scene yeah. with uh, Kima, Herc, and Carver, uh, like, yeah, we we're supposed to have computers a year ago. <laughs> Millennium done come and gone, and I'm still on a fucking typewriter. So at least it's addressed. But yeah, the fact that like a big plot point of this whole season is going to be tapping pay phones. Yeah, yeah, not even smartphones. Yeah, yeah. We're or not even cell phones. Cell phones. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the second season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought they did a good job catching up for at the yeah, time. Correct. I, I agree. You know? I agree. Yeah, they were on the bleeding edge at the time. Of, it, of the they were like right in the fucking transitionary period yeah. of like all of that shit. So it's like, how do we figure this out? <laughs> um, but yeah, dude. Uh, do you have anything else to add on? Do you have any more notes or anything? Um, I love how prepared you and Spencer I, have been for these last two episodes of like. Actual handwritten notes. It's, I'll just say for makes me feel like shit. For the people listening, I was a total pain in the ass while watching this with with uh, Rich. I was like having him stop, put the subtitles on. Hey, can we rewatch the scene? Because I forgot what the hell he said, or I couldn't understand what he said. But I I, I do it because this is seriously my favorite show. And like watching a police procedural after this show is like, pff, I just can't. I mean, I can't. There's no. Have you, that's my question to you. Are there any shows that are uh, crime dramas? that are not you know uh the corner or um homicide or uh you know david simon hasn't touched it that 
you are okay with watching and not looking down your nose at? I mean, well, it's just knowing that it's like, it's not going to be like, you can't ever expect it to be the wire. So you just kind of judge it on its own, you know? I mean, I'm not the biggest Law and Order guy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I'm not a Law and Order guy. I don't watch any of those episodes. To me, it's the background music of crime drama. Yeah, absolutely. You just have it. Yeah. You just look at it every once in a while. On in the store. <laughs> it's the Muzak of of crime dramas. <laughs> um, not really. I mean, it's not really my bag. Um, I don't know. I, I think arguably, like the closest I ever came to being into something like that would have been uh, Breaking Bad. Um, Cause I, I really uh, did enjoy uh, Hank stuff. Um, like in him figuring out who the fuck Heisenberg is and all that stuff when he's actually like being a cop. Yeah. I super dug all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to fucking think now. Like again, you get like little one-offs like the night of and stuff um, where you get like good police work done. Um, I mean, I don't know. There might be a few, but yeah, I mean, nothing like sticks out like this ever. I agree that break and for whatever reason, Breaking Bad doesn't immediately strike me as a crime drama, but it totally is. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely is, and it's it is another phenomenal show that um, I think at time I, I I mean, not that it's comparing apples and oranges a little bit, but I enjoy The Wire more than I enjoyed Breaking Bad. Although I really enjoyed Breaking Bad, it's just a lot of just stretching yeah. stuff, and it was certain characters in there that I really didn't care about, uh, like Skylar, uh, in that, uh, show. Um, okay. So one, I got hung up on a bunch of details here, but, uh, things that I think meant something that Mm -hmm. David Simon really wanted us to, you know, maybe in our subconscious pay attention to. So there's a scene in the strip club where, um, it starts off with, uh, D'Angelo Barksdale and in another shitty turtleneck. <laughs> like, if you wanted to get across the idea that this character is a dum dum, <laughs> like, yeah, let's fucking deck him out nothing but turtlenecks the entire episode. Like, and the way he walked was just like such a like a, a doofy like. All yeah. right, derpy derp. Yeah, derp, 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 derp. Let's sit down. All right, don't sit down. I'm gonna flop. But he's still not dumber than Herc. You know, Herc is probably the dumbest person on the show. <laughs> Right, in like a a a teddy bear filled with rocks <laughs> sort of way. <laughs> so, so so second strip club scene um, it starts off with Stringer and D'Angelo Barksdale, I believe, talking about the beating up the the kid in the in the playground for the counterfeit money. Yeah. So and then and then uh, the scene continues with uh, the stripper, you know, uh, trying to hit him up, uh, just flirting with him. Yeah. But in between, there's a there's a two second shot where. They close up on a TV that shows America at war, yeah. and it's showing some Middle East, you know, war footage. And I think what you know, what's what's clear to me about that is like, uh, here's here's another war about a, it, it's America at war with terrorism, which is equally as nebulous and as never ending, <laughs> never ending as the war on drugs, right? Yeah. Um, and it's uh, kind of surprising he hasn't done a show on, <laughs> on Iraq, yeah. yeah, or whatever, yeah. Um, so anyway, that's the, of, of all the yeah. four or five pages of notes. <laughs> is that seriously? How many yeah, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, so feel free to Holy read through that. shit. <laughs> Anything yeah. else you want to bring I up? Fresh legs. Um, uh, 
just that uh, David Simon is, uh, you know, an American treasure, mm-hmm. um, and people should really <clears throat> consider watching this show. I'm sure I'm not the first person to to say that. Okay. What about you? <laughs> well, you know, seasons three and four are really like <laughs> some of the best American television. Um, yeah, no, it's fucking killer, man. Um, it's great. Um, it's re- it's rewarding. Going back and and rewatching all this too, um, I'm gonna have a lot of time lost uh, due to all these fucking shows. God damn it! <laughs> um, so what's up, man? Where can uh, where can people find you on the internet? And uh, what what uh, what are you working on? What do you got to plug? Yeah, so you can follow me on on Twitter um, at brother sport uh, is my handle. Um, that's primarily where you can find me. Also on Arcade Audio dot net um you know i produce a podcast called our father that i mentioned earlier it's an improvised catholic confession booth uh each episode is a confession with a different uh a different confessor and the priest is uh played by Patrick Connolly. um every episode he's the uh artistic director of the comedy sports theater here in chicago as well as a regular performer on world news tonight at the io chicago theater on kingsbury and North or something like that, 1501 North Kingsbury. Doesn't matter. Um, you could find the address. <laughs> they will find it. I think that might have an online presence. They might. Um, uh, I don't know why I'm plugging all of his stuff. Yeah, plugging all of his stuff. I'm just. Is this like just muscle memory? Yeah, from, like, from doing, doing the outros, yeah, and editing the outros. Um, but yeah, no, it's honestly probably the thing I'm most proud of that I've uh, worked on um, in a, a creative sense. So it's something that I, I would highly. Uh, encourage anybody to to check out cool. um other than that do an improv around the city here and there um i'm on a team at the crowd called drost that performs every, uh once in a while on friday nights um and occasionally doing stuff at uh the chicago improv studio do you have any uh chocolate jesus uh shows coming up so the tom waits tribute tom waits tribute band. band that also plays uh down in the hole which is the theme song for the wire totally uh predictable um, thing that I would do. Uh, no, we don't have any upcoming shows, but you can follow us on Facebook, uh, Chocolate Jesus, which is a the name of one of Tom Waits' uh, songs. Awesome. Um, of course, you know you could always follow me at uh, on Twitter at Rich Cami and Instagram, same name. Uh, Arcade Audio on that iTunes rate reviews subscribe. Those ratings and reviews go a long, 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 long way. Um, towards uh, more people just knowing about it. And um, it's kind of a nice, it's good positive currency that isn't actual money. So do that. Um, and uh, what else? If you want to hit us up, um, talk to us about this show, past shows, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, Twitter at Picked Up Pod, uh, Facebook Picked Up Podcasts, as well as email Picked Up Podcast at gmail.com. So aside from that, um, Rudy, got any, any final thoughts, any parting shots? My favorite. Um, uh, down in the hole theme song version, I believe it's season three. Yeah, I know season four is your favorite, or last I heard it was your favorite, and that's this is the hip hop version with the with the children. This is the children season, but season three is Aaron Neville and some other guy. That's true. And this is the R and B version of Down in the Hole. So I just want to say that that's my opinion. I know it's not it's a not a popular opinion, but that's Hot my take. That's my opinion. 
Man. It's a catchy one. I should really start getting people uh, on the show that are familiar with anything about the show. <laughs> um, cool, man. Well, thank you so much uh, for being here, dude. Thanks for coming on over and uh, watching the show with me. And um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll see you around all the time. Um, and for everyone else, thank you so much for listening, downloading, subscribing, all that good stuff. Um, and until uh, next time, uh, thanks for picking us up and keep your dial tuned to awesome. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.